The Chicago White Sox farm system is definitely not what it used to be. Uh, With only two prospects in the MLB Top 100, the Chicago White Sox have one of the worst-rated farm systems in all of baseball. The Sox could definitely benefit in the near future from the emergence of homegrown talent, especially in the starting rotation. And if a trade is to be made, will the White Sox cast away rising young stars or pick from their 40-man roster. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Socks. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast uh, just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Hey, really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off-season White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The White Sox made a minor move and acquired a well-traveled infielder. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays continue to be mentioned alongside the Chicago White Sox when it comes to trade partners. And do you remember the days? When the White Sox had one of the best-rated farm systems in all of baseball, uh, times have definitely changed. Hey, welcome back to Locked on White Sox. We are in the off-season mode, and uh, if you haven't noticed, we have shifted to three episodes a week instead of the traditional five. Uh, But but again, if there is some uh, major news on the White Sox front, uh, the episodes uh, can always be modified. Uh, Look for episodes uh, next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, That's the week of January 16th. Uh, Also, we've been uh, doing this call to action, uh, trying to get uh, YouTube subscribers uh, up to 1,000 on the Lockdown White Sox channel. I'd like to hit that 1,000 mark uh, before the start of spring training. I think we can blow past that, uh, especially when we start thinking about uh, opening day. Uh, but essentially, I started this because uh, I, I noticed we were trailing uh, Lockdown Guardians, Lockdown Tigers, and Lockdown Twins. So I uh, can't stand for that. Uh, we got to overtake them and uh, uh, take back the AL Central, at least when it comes to uh, YouTube subscribers uh, and the Lockdown form. Uh, also, Mailbag Wednesdays, thanks again for all those questions and comments. We got to those in the previous episode. We'll do it again next Wednesday. You can email any questions or comments uh, to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Uh, Pitchers and catchers report in 33 days, believe it or not. Single game tickets uh, should be on sale in about three weeks. An opening day in Houston is less than 80 days away. Uh, so I'm talking about the uh, White Sox farm system here uh, in this episode. It really stemmed from a conversation I was having uh, with a fellow White Sox fan uh, recently. Uh, we were discussing just you know a wide range of topics, including 
you know, what positions still need to be addressed uh, by the Sox, positives to focus on heading into 2023, and some of the biggest question marks. Uh, and when it came to question marks, uh, the White Sox farm system was was brought up uh, specifically with regards to the lack of exciting pitching prospects. Uh, when you really reflect on it, uh, the Sox are not in good shape uh, down on the farm. Uh, I've been talking about trades recently, and I know a lot of people have when it comes to how will the White Sox uh, improve, especially when it comes to second base. The Sox do not have a lot to offer from their own system. Uh, it just feels like one big trade could really wipe out the entire farm system. Uh, so do you focus on trading off the 40-man roster, which is risky, or do you further deplete uh, the collection of rising stars? Uh, there's definitely a prospect problem uh, with the White Sox. Interesting article from Baseball America uh, just maybe last week, uh, New Year's resolutions for all 30 MLB farm systems uh, by J.J. Cooper and Jeff Pontus. Uh, and it was a 2023 resolution, develop one top-tier pitching prospect. That's what the White Sox uh, have been given as a challenge. Uh, and this is what Cooper and Pontus wrote. Uh, the White Sox have done an excellent job of bolstering their rotation by adding young pitchers in trades. Uh, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, and Michael Kopech have all had their moments, but the help from homegrown pitching uh, has been less consistent. Uh, it's not for a lack of recent effort. The White Sox uh, selected pitchers with their top three draft picks in 2022, uh, that comes two, uh, two years after the White Sox uh, picked pitchers with every pick they had in the five-round 2020 draft. Chicago uh, also picked a pair of $2 million pitchers uh, in the 2019 draft. So far, uh, that has led to 60 innings of relief work in the majors by left-hander Garrett Crochet, who is currently working his way back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, but with Noah Schultz, uh, Sean Burke, uh, Christian uh, Manea, Peyton Polite, Norgay Vera, Jonathan Cannon, Matthew Thompson, and Jared Kelly in the system, uh, Chicago needs to find at least one arm who can give the team a potential frontline or even mid-rotation arm to dream on. Uh, so I ask you, and and you can you know talk with other Sox fans about this. This is one of those conversations you just kind of pick apart uh, when you get together. Uh, when was the last time uh, we were excited about a homegrown prospect that ended up you know being successful in the starting rotation? I I, I guess you go to Carlos Rodon, uh, drafted in 2014, third overall. Uh, then before that, you had. Uh, Chris Sale drafted 2010, uh, 13th overall. You know, Burley, if you go further back, Mark Burley was a homegrown uh, product, but, you know, definitely under the radar, right? Uh, that was a deep dive. Uh, it, it worked out, but, you know, it wasn't one of these exciting uh, top picks that ended up panning out or was developed. Carson Fulmer uh, produced excitement, but was an absolute bust. Uh, you go back to maybe John Danks. He was drafted by uh, the Texas Rangers. Uh, and John Garland uh, had some success with us for sure, especially on that 2005 team. Uh, he was drafted by the Chicago Cubs. So 
uh, what Cooper and Pontus uh, hit that, you know, they hit it right on the head with uh, this baseball America uh, piece. The white Sox have failed at developing starting pitchers. Uh, the Sox have drafted pitchers, but they either turned out to be a bust like Carson Fulmer or are traded away like Chris Bassett. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, sealing Carlos Rodon leave was so difficult. Uh, so what you've got right now with the White Sox uh, starting rotation is you've got Kopech drafted by the Red Sox, Cease, the Cubs, uh, Dylan, I'm sorry, uh, Lance Lynn, uh, the Cardinals, Giolito Nationals, and Clevenger, the Angels. This was uh, more some more farm system conversation through some MLB articles I noticed uh, on whitesox.com uh, written by Jonathan Mayo. Uh, Mayo writes, uh, we asked front office officials from general managers to farm directors, from scouting directors to analytics specialists, a host of questions in the 2023 MLB pipeline poll. Uh, it's been a week long series uh, on the uh, on the White Sox website on Thursday. They will feature farm systems, uh, which I'm sure will not be kind uh, to the White Sox. So. So uh, during this series, uh, the White Sox have been virtually shut out, which is, you know, kind of no surprise. Uh, they've been shut out in almost every single category that has been featured. Uh, I know the White Sox farm system was bad, but MLB executives are failing to even almost recognize uh, what the White Sox have down there. The days of the White Sox having the most exciting farm system are long gone. Uh, remember those days, uh, especially right after that rebuild, uh, just the talent and the international talent and the, and the picks and collecting those picks. And, you know, I, I hate going down that list of where what happened to all those first round picks, second round picks, um, you know, and, and some of them were still waiting. You know, uh, some might wonder, you know, well, what do we have really to show for it? Uh, and it might still be a little too early to tell. Uh, but the sacks were pretty much shut out uh, in these uh, in these blurbs here. Uh, one of the uh, one of the articles focused on which prospects have the best tools. Uh, they talked about usable power, uh, best fastball, best secondary pitch. Now, when it came to uh, most uh, the the uh, had the most speed, outfielders Duke Ellis and James Beard uh, in the White Sox system got mentioned. Those were the only two names. Uh, during uh, all of these articles uh, that were mentioned. I mean, we're talking about they did a top 10 on every single one of these little categories, and they were even honorable mentions. And the White Sox, they were nowhere to be found except for these two players, Duke Ellis and James Beard, in terms of speed, uh, who's the best prospect, uh, most underrated, uh, uh, hitting, pitching, defense, future closers, best baseball IQ Nobody from the White Sox system. And of course, who will win Rookie of the Year in 2023? Uh, it's not going to be Oscar Colas. Uh, so early February 2022, uh, the White Sox farm system was ranked dead last in all of baseball. Uh, MLB Pipeline came out with a list in late August of 2022, and the Sox jumped to 26th in all of baseball. Uh, this is what Jason Radowitz of Odds Checker uh, wrote about the White Sox farm system back in September uh, towards the end of the season. The White Sox have a worse farm system than the Padres after they traded away all their prospects. I think he's referring, of course, to the Juan Soto deal and, and some others. 
However, many of their top prospects will be ready to contribute by next year, so maybe the White Sox can get some help moving forward. Uh, a reminder, uh, White Sox top five prospects, uh, Colson Montgomery, Oscar Colas, uh, Noah Schultz, which was last year's pick, left-handed pitcher, 19 years old. Uh, they're projected maybe for an ETA of 2026. You've got Lenin Sosa and Brian Ramos. Uh, and then you've got Jose Rodriguez. Uh, he comes in at seventh. We might see him potentially uh, you know, make a play at an infield spot. We'll see what happens in spring training. Uh, White Sox only have two players in the top 100 MLB prospect list. That's uh, Montgomery and Colas. Uh, so what will the White Sox ultimately do at second base? Uh, that question uh, continues, and I'm going to tell you why Sox fans aren't the only ones uh, confused. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football uh, to basketball. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Uh, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. A bet online where the game starts. Uh, so what the Sox need to do and maybe a possible trade partner, uh, this from Jim Bowden. Uh, he had an article in The Athletic last week entitled, What I'm Hearing from MLB Front Offices uh, is the Next Move for Every Team. Uh, and no surprise here when it came to the White Sox second base. Uh, this is what Bowden wrote. The White Sox front office is focused on figuring out its starting second baseman, a situation that could be resolved via trade or even by tapping someone on the current roster. In the trade market, they could target players such as Brandon Lowe of the Rays, Brendan Rodgers of the Rockies, Glavar Torres of the Yankees, and Kettle Marte of the Diamondbacks internally. Romy Gonzalez and Lurie Garcia are possibilities. Um, mm, anytime I hear Lurie Garcia is a starting a second baseman for the White Sox, my stomach ties in some knots there. Uh, uh, article from Bleacher Report uh, by Zachary Reimer, realistic MLB trades that could happen before 2023 spring training. Uh, Santiago Espinal to the Chicago White Sox. They did not do very many of these, uh, you know, possible hypothetical MLB trades, uh, but they focused on this one. Santiago Espinal uh, to the Chicago White Sox. This is what Reimer wrote. Of the uh, plentiful reasons the Chicago White Sox played below expectations in 2022, two big ones are that their offense lacked plate discipline and their defense lacked, well, a quality. I would also add a lack of power, too. Uh, that is why it was worth it for them to sign Andrew Benatendi, even if they probably overpaid at $75 million over five years, but they still have room for another uh, contact-hitting, slick-fielding type. One could especially go in place of Romy Gonzalez, who has 50 strikeouts and only three walks and 40 two major league games at second base. 
which brings us to why the pale hose should call the Toronto Blue Jays about Santiago Espinal. Uh, though Espinal was an all-star for the Jays in 2022, he's part of a log jam at second base alongside Biggio and Merrifield, uh, with the latter seemingly positioned to get the bulk of the playing time. Their sense in the Jays fielding offers for Espinal. He'd be perfect for the White Sox offensively uh, because good zone discipline uh, is but part of the reason he placed in the 91st percentile for strikeout rate in 2022 defensively because he was quietly fourth among second basemen in outs above average. Uh, for the Blue Jays side of things, a trade with the White Sox could be a way to extract a high upside arm for a bullpen that needs one. There's Garrett Crochet, who's due back from Tommy John surgery this season, uh, or maybe Cuban right-hander Norge Vera, who has iffy control, uh, but plenty of velocity. So this is uh, Norge Vera. This is the write-up on him. A top pitching prospect in the 2020-2021 international class. He signed with the White Sox for $1.5 million and overmatched younger hitters in the rookie-level Dominican Summer League during his pro debut, uh, which didn't begin until August because he had mild shoulder soreness. Uh, Vera had trouble finding the strike zone as an 18-year-old in Cuba's top league, uh, but issued just five walks in 19 innings last summer. His DSL stint was a small sample size without much in the way of competition, but he displayed a loose arm and easy delivery that should lead to at least average control. The White Sox hope he can become a mid-rotation starter. So shout out really to uh, the good folks at White Sox Daily and of course Future Sox. Uh, they are great follows uh, when it comes to what's coming down the pipeline uh, for the White Sox, but uh, you know, we're in dire need of some excitement, uh, what's going on down in the farm. Uh, the White Sox made a move on Wednesday to somewhat address the second base situation. I'm going to tell you why it was just a move. Uh, more on that in a moment. So speaking of the farm system, uh, the White Sox made a move on Wednesday and acquired a Hanser Alberto, uh, Steve Adams from MLB Trade Rumors uh, had the article. He was all over this. Uh, White Sox have agreed to a minor league contract with free agent infielder uh, Hanser Alberto, uh, reported by uh, Robert Murray of Fan Sided. Alberto will be in the major league camp as a non roster player this spring. Alberto, 30 years old, spent the 2022 season with the Dodgers and batted 244, 256, 365 with a pair of homers, nine doubles, and a pair of triples in 159 trips to the plate. Uh, the Dodgers declined a $2 million club option on the well-traveled veteran instead of choosing a $250,000 buyout and sending Alberto back to the free agent market. Uh, the 2022 season was the least productive of Alberto's career, uh, but he's not far removed from a more respectable 292, 315, 411, uh, showing in 1,036 plate appearances split between the Orioles and the Royals from 2019 to 2021. Maybe a Grafol connection there. Uh, thanks to plus bat-to-ball skills, a uh, career 12.2 strikeout rate, but also one of the freest swinging approaches. 
uh, just a career 2.3% walk rate of any hitter in baseball. Alberto can regularly uh, be counted on for respectable batting averages with middling OBP marks. Uh, he's lacking in terms of extra base pop, uh, which has also contributed to negating some of the value derived from his penchant for putting the ball in play. Uh, still, as far as bench infielders go, a career 272, 294, 380 is decent. And it should be pointed out that Alberto carries a much stronger 323, 341, 449 slash in his career against left-handed pitching. He's able to play second base, shortstop, and third base. Uh, Adams went on further. Uh, the White Sox are still in search of a clear everyday second baseman with current in-house options, including Larry Garcia, Romy Gonzalez, and Lenin Sosa. Alberto will add some depth and could win a spot on the bench to help out against left-handed pitching. It's unlikely he'll slide into a strict platoon with the switch hitting Garcia, though, as Garcia's career numbers are better, better uh, off of left-handed pitching than against right-handed pitching himself. Both Gonzalez and Sosa, meanwhile, are right-handed hitters as well. That arguably creates some redundancy, but a quality, versatile defender who can put the ball in play isn't a bad depth option uh, to stash on the bench or in the upper minors, padding that White Sox farm system. So it was a nice write-up by uh, Steve Adams from the uh, MLB Trade Rumors site, but not of a lot of excitement uh, from me unless he can overtake super utility man Lurie the legend Garcia. Uh, it's a move and probably nothing more. Again, dealing uh, with Toronto continues to intrigue me, but uh, what will they have to give up? Uh, folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. You find your podcast. We are on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. And don't forget to subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Pass that along to other Sox fans in your life uh, and get your questions in for next week's mailbag, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. And now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Curious to hear what he has to say about our White Sox farm system. Uh, coming up on the next episode, I'll continue to examine offseason scenarios as we count down to spring training. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morowski, and until next time, go Sox.